Welcome to the New Beginning Fellowship Church Sermon Podcast. We are glad you are listening to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. We also pray that this message is only supplemental to your spiritual growth instead of being a replacement for daily personal Bible study, the pastor you should be submitted to, or the church God would have you to be an active member of. If you live within driving distance of Brobridge, Louisiana, we hope that you would come to visit us during one of our services on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Service times, ministry information, and giving options are all located on our website at newbeginningfc.com or on our Facebook page at New Beginning Fellowship Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. Can we just praise Him tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray God would encourage you tonight. Like I said, it's an honor to be here with you um, as we worship the Lord here tonight. And um, I'm just thankful. I, I pray that God would encourage you with this word tonight. I want to read a passage of scripture to you. For just a moment from Hebrews chapter 11, it says in verse 6, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. How many of you believe that tonight? That God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? And how many of you know tonight he is that reward? Amen? Because we're not seeking the reward, we're seeking him. We're diligently seeking him. Amen? And I'm thankful for that tonight. Some of you in here knew that I traveled to um, Kenya, Africa uh, a couple of weeks ago with the Adalem house. And I'm going to tell you guys, we had a fantastic trip. It was so hard to travel there. It took us 56 hours of flying time. And that's a whole nother story. But we took four COVID tests. Y'all ever? Yeah. Wasn't funny. But um, 56 hours of travel, devil did everything he could to try to stop us from going. I really thought we wasn't going to make it, but we did. And God really moved amazing. The Adolam house is doing such a fantastic work there. About 275 kids um, at this orphanage that the Adolam house is overseeing. And uh, we were able to minister to these young people. I'm telling you, we were able to go into the prisons, men's prisons, women's prison. Guys, I kid you not, we saw probably nearly 300 people get saved in Africa. People are so open to the gospel there. And I'm thankful to be a part of what God's doing. How many of you are thankful for being a part of what God's doing in this hour? Guys, we are the hands and feet in this hour. You're the ones that God has called to be the ministers in this hour. And I pray that God would continually to encourage you. Guys, we're almost home. Can I tell you that? How many of you are tired tonight? This race and this run is not easy. The Apostle Paul made it very clear that this race is not easy. But I can tell you what, those who endure to the end will be clothed in white garments. Guys, hold on to your faith in Jesus Christ. We're almost home, but we're not there yet. And there's a little bit of work left to do. Amen? And you are the ones, we are the ones in this room that God has called to be a part of what he's doing. Isn't that an honor tonight? I hope you see the privilege in that. And I hope that every day you look forward to what God is wanting to do in and through your life every single day. Because guys, you're the ones, you're the lamps in your workplace. Amen? And I'm thankful for that tonight. I want to encourage you tonight and remind you that 
If you're born again here tonight, how many know that your steps are ordered of God? God orders your steps. God has bought you with the blood of his son, Jesus. Your life is not your own anymore. Amen. You've now entered into a new kingdom. You used to be a part of an old kingdom. Now you're part of a new kingdom. You were a kingdom of darkness. Now you're in the kingdom of light. Amen. And so now you get to walk in a new life. How many of you know that Jesus has become our high priest? He is there and there's nothing that we face in this life that Jesus is not able to identify with. Whatever you came into this room here tonight, whatever trials, whatever struggles, whatever prayers that you've brought to God that seem to be unanswered, there is nothing that Jesus Christ cannot identify with you tonight. I mean, you believe that tonight. Not one thing that you're battling with that Jesus doesn't know about. There's not one thing in here that God has not understood. Sometimes we pray for things and we don't see things happen right away. And we find an alternative. I mean, you're guilty of doing that. We just pray and we expect God to answer, you know, if it's not in the first day, at least within the week. And then if we don't get, we go seem to try to find a plan B, right? God didn't come through for me. So I'm going to just go sort it out my own way. I mean, if you're guilty of that, I am. Terribly guilty. And so God has ministered to me through this word and give me understanding. I want to encourage you tonight. Listen, how many of you believe tonight? Uh, maybe you would say here tonight, why has God not answered my prayers? Why does not God care about my needs? Does God care about me? Have you ever asked that question? Does God really care about me? I mean, I'm asking God for something. I'm desiring something from the Lord. I'm not really getting. Does God really even care about me? Maybe he cares more about the evangelist. Maybe he cares more about the pastor. Maybe he cares more about the Sunday school teacher. Maybe he cares more about our brother that sings so beautifully. Maybe God cares about them, but does God care about me? Because I'm just in the work field. I'm not part of the leadership of the church. Does God care about me? Can I tell you tonight that God cares about you? Can I tell you tonight that God has thoughts towards you that would blow you away? Can I tell you here tonight that God knows every hair on every single head of everyone in this room, nevertheless, in the entire world? Everything that you struggle with, everything that you battle with, God knows everything about. And how many of you know that your steps are ordered of God? How many of you know that God knows exactly what to allow and what to answer and what to give you according to the things that you ask for? And everything is timing. How many of you know that with God? Timing is everything. God looks at a bigger picture. We seem to look at the smaller picture. Right now, I want it now. I want my troubles to go away, and I want them to go away right now. I want my finances to be perfect. Everything needs to be just a fluffy life down here. How many of you know that's not true? And can I tell you, don't become discouraged that you don't have a fluffy life down here because Jesus made it very clear that in this life, we're going to have troubles, right? We're going to have struggles and trials, and we're not going to always understand everything. God's ways and our ways are not the same. So we don't always understand what's going on. We don't always understand, and we believe that God is Alpha and Omega. We believe that God is the beginning and the end until we get into a troubled time. Then I forget that he's Omega. I forget that he already knows tomorrow. He already knows what I need before I ask for it, right? But he still says, hey, I I want you to ask for this. I already know what you need, but I want you to ask. Why does God ask us 
to ask for something that he already knows that we need? It's not a trick question, but there's an answer to it. I want you to ask for something that I already know that you need. He's testing our faith. I want you to ask for it. I know that you know that I have the answer, but I want you to ask for it. Lord, I need something. And if God were to act immediately, we'd be like, oh, praise God. What if we ask for something God doesn't answer right away? We don't ask no more. We're done with him. Right? So God cares about you. And I want you to prove that to you tonight. Listen to these few passages of scripture. Jesus said in 1 Peter, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. In Ephesians 5, it says, for no man ever hated his own body, but he nourishes and cares for his body, just as Jesus Christ does for the church. And Nahum, it says, the Lord is good, a refuge in time of trouble. He knows them that trust in him. Psalm 55 says, cast all your cares upon the Lord. And he will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. Matthew 6 says this. Therefore I tell you don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you'll eat. What you'll drink. Or what your body. What you're going to wear. Is life not more important than food. Or the body more than raiment. Look at the birds of the air. These are passages we know very well. They sow. They reap. They store away in the barns, yet your heavenly father knows how to take care of them. How much more will he take care of you? Now, we hear these passages. We're like, praise God, hallelujah. And then we seem to forget very quickly that God really cares about our needs for tomorrow. We really, we we tend to forget when the trouble times come or struggles come or we get tired or work's not going right. Finances aren't right. There's troubles throughout the world. We forget That God is going to take care of us. That's why the Bible over and over and over and over and over and over has to repeat itself. Because we're sheep, right? I hope you're a sheep of God tonight. I hope you're born again tonight. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear me and my sheep follow me. Very important. And I believe if you're here tonight, I'm assuming you're a sheep of God. That's why you've come into this house tonight. Because you've come to hear from God. You come to hear what your heavenly father has to say to you tonight. Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you declares the Lord. Thoughts of peace not of evil. Can you hear me tonight? Thoughts of peace not of evil. To give you an expected end. Are you feeling like God doesn't care about you? Are you feeling like God doesn't answer your prayers? Are you feeling like God doesn't know what your needs are? How many of you know tonight that the enemy would love to lie to you and tell you, hey, God don't care about you. But I'm here to tell you that God does care about you. And everything that you came into this room tonight, every bondage, every struggle, every sin, every weight that so easily tries to set you back, God knows and God cares about you. There are things in your life right now that every one of you are praying for. And I hope that you are. Because sometimes in the times I believe that we are in right now, the devil is trying to rob you from your prayer time. Can I, can we just be honest? 
that the devil wants to occupy you. The devil wants to bring all the things that he can against you to try to rob you of your time with God, your time in the word, prayer, and of course, fellowship by all means. That's one of the things he's trying to rob us of in this hour. And guys, I'm going to tell you, it's only going to be by the grace of God that you make it. And I'm going to tell you, we need to stay close to the Lord in this hour. We need to get back to the things that God instructs us in. Praying continually, staying steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and prayers and fellowship. Very important because the devil is trying to rob you of that. And I can tell you what, when he robs us of that, our faith begins to dwindle. Then we get tired and we just feel like we're going down an exit row over here. Our intimacy with God begins to dwindle. Our faith in what God can do begins to dwindle. Hey, I've been there. But I can tell you what, God is here to encourage us nonstop and to tell you, you know what? With God, all things are possible. In him, everything is possible. And we can make it and we will make it. You have to keep your faith in the Lord Jesus in this hour. Amen. You know, as humans, we can be very persistent at things that we want. So guys, when we were younger and you've got your brides with you tonight, or maybe you're here tonight and you're single and there's a a young lady that you might have your eye on. I can tell you what, Alvin, we did everything to win our wife, right? Very persistent. Whatever she likes, I like. Right? And we're very persistent in what we do. That's what we are as humans. That's just the way we're, 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 we're programmed, I guess you could say, by God. Little children can be very persistent, right? Mommy, 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 mommy. Good night. Okay already. Kids can be persistent, right? And they get what they want because of their persistence. And even though we don't want to give it to them, we finally just give in. So they'll stop yanking on your pants leg, right? So kids can be that way. And girls, for your husbands, you did everything to win your husband over. I know my wife won me over and it didn't take much. Amen. God wants us to be persistent with him. And I'm talking about in everything that you do to be persistent with God. Listen to this. Tonight, there are things in your life that you have been talking to God about. But you haven't been persistent with him. What is it for you tonight? Is it a healing that you're looking for? Is it a spouse that you're hoping to have one day? Is it a promotion in your job? Is it finances? Is it wisdom? Is it boldness? Have you been praying for a prodigal son or daughter? Do you have lost friends here tonight? Do you pray for them? Are there people in your family, your mother, father, sister, brother, children, that you want to see come to the Lord? How often do we pray for them? We can get angry with them and, and, and aggravated with them. But how often do we pray for them? Well, I did once. How persistent are we? Do you know that there was someone praying for you? I can tell you somebody prayed this guy into the kingdom. My grandmother. 
was a prayer warrior. And she never stopped praying for me. And all the seeds that she planted in my life as a young boy, at 29 years old, God got a hold of this man. And my life's not been the same since. But it was because there was a grandmother that was praying for me and didn't stop. Well, I just don't see them coming to the Lord. And I prayed for them already. I'm done. I'm sick and tired of the way they act. I'm tired of the way they treat me. I'm tired of the way they function. I'm done. We just threw faith out the window. Hey guys, faith ends in sight. And whatever you believe in, you go for. That's why we're walking with Jesus, amen? I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. I believe that he died on the cross to take away my sin. And I believe he resurrected three days later and he is in heaven right now. And he has given me the ability to repent and to follow him. And I believe that. And he has quickened my spirit and given me life. I believe that. And I'm going to follow him because I want him. And I know that he is the only one that has the words and the life that brings eternal life to this guy. He's the only one that can set someone free. He's the only one that can break addictions and bondages in your life. He's the only one. I believe that. And because I believe that, this life walks it out. Why? I believe. And so from the believer, you see a persistence after God. Because they believe. People believe. You believe. You go after God. Amen? Listen to these passages. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. How many of you believe that tonight? This is 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Amen? Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, letting your requests be made known unto God. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Amen. So how many believe tonight that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? That's where the reward comes. You seek me, you find me when you seek me with your whole heart. We're talking about giving all you got, guys. You seek me, you find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Amen? I want you to turn in your Bibles with me and read this passage from Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. We're going to read through verse 11 here tonight. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock 
and it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if a son ask of bread, will he give him a stone? Certainly not. Or if he ask him for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If then you be an evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Now, I want to read this to you in the amplified version. You have that. You can put it up. If you don't, just listen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. This is the amplified version. Listen to the way it's written. Ask and keep on asking and it will be given unto you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will instead give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he instead give him a snake? If you then be an evil, sinful by nature, as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts Unto your children. That means things that they need. Things that would be good for them. How much more. Will your heavenly father. Perfect as he is. Give. What is good. And advantageous. To those. Who keep on. Asking. With that thought, I want you to turn over in your Bibles, Luke chapter 11. Turn to Luke chapter 11. Keep on asking. Look at verse, uh, let's look at verse 1, chapter 11. And it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us how to pray, as John also taught his disciples. How many of you say that tonight? Lord, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Have we really paid attention to the scriptures? Because a lot of times we don't know how to pray. And the Bible says that God, through the power of the Holy Ghost, helps us in our infirmities even when we don't know how to pray. But Lord, teach me how to pray. God teaches us right here how to pray. Listen to the words of Jesus. And he said unto them, when you are praying, say this, or pray in this fashion. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sin as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. Now, I want you to stop right there for a minute. And God gives us a model of prayer. Y'all are familiar with this, right? If not, I want you to go home and study it and really think about what's being said here. This ought to be the theme of our prayer every day on top of the things that we're asking for, okay? This ought to be the theme of our prayer, acknowledging that God is holy, acknowledging that his kingdom has come, uh, that his will would be done on earth today as it is in heaven. Lord, don't let my will be done on earth, but let your will be done on earth. A lot of times, Lord, it's what my will is, right? But God wants us to pray, Lord, what is your will? But that's not where I want you to focus in on verse 5. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, would you lend me three loaves of bread? For a friend of mine who is in his journey is come unto me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, hey, man, don't be troubling me. The door is already shut to my home. My kids are with me. We're all in bed. I cannot rise and give unto thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give to him, because he is his friend. That's the most important thing. Because he is his friend. Yet because of his importunity or his persistence, he will then rise up and give to him as many as he needs. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Knock and keep on knocking. Ask. And keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Now how do you know that? Because he very much well explains it like this. There's a friend that came in. In a journey. This man's already closed up and gone to bed. And his friend comes in. So he gets up and he opens the door. And he says man I've been journeying. I'm glad to see you. I'm hungry. Well I don't have nothing to give you. He says wait a minute. I got a buddy next door. A friend in whom lives next door. How many of you know that we have a friend in Jesus? How many of you know that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother? Amen? And so I have a friend that has what I need. Let me go and knock on his door. So he begins to knock on the man's door. And the guy's like, man, look, I'm already turned in. You're going to have to come back tomorrow, bro. I'm tired. My kids are in bed with me. And you know what? I don't feel like getting up and getting the bread out. So he just keeps on knocking. Keeps on knocking, keeps on knocking, keeps on knocking, keeps on knocking, keeps on knocking. And the Bible says because of his persistence, the man's like, God, it's not going to go away. He's just beating my door off the hinges. So then he opens the door and just gives him whatever, gives him as much as he wants. And all he really asked for was three, but he's like, dude, just take it all. Stop beating on my door. And it's not like he's aggravated, but it was because of the man's importunity or his lack of, uh, you know, stopping his diligence, his persistence of knocking that the man got what he wanted. And so what is the Lord trying to say to us when we read these passages of scriptures? Listen to this passage here. Because God is teaching us something. In Luke 11, it says, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. He ceased not, and the disciples said also unto him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he began to teach exactly how to pray. 
And then he goes into that part where he says, hey, I want you to be persistent in the way that you pray. I don't want you to just come and ask me one time. And then if I don't answer, you just go away. And I think like sometimes that's what we do. We come to God and we say, Lord, I'm asking for something. Maybe it's a healing in your body. Maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's a financial difficulty. Maybe you're praying for somebody in your family to be saved. And so God is trying to teach us how to be persistent with God and not to stop. Don't stop. There's no plan B with God. And I can tell you the one that's full of faith is going to keep on knocking. Because we believe, and we believe tonight that God has everything that we need. He's given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Everything that you need is in Christ Jesus. We become joint heirs with Christ. So everything that we need is in Christ Jesus. But you have not because you ask not. Think about this, the persistence. The persistence. I'm thinking of a passage of scripture in in John. I believe maybe it's in John 12 or Acts chapter 12. I believe it's the persistence of this. So Peter has just been arrested and put into jail. James has just been murdered. They captured Peter. They put him in jail. And the church hears about Peter being in jail. And it says that the church members begin to gather together, all of them, and they begin to persistently pray for Peter to be let out of jail. And y'all know the rest of the story. Peter ends up, an angel comes and unlocks him. And he comes out of the prison cell and goes to the to the church and knocks on the door. And they're like, wow, I can't believe this is really Peter. But it was because of their persistence in praying to God is the reason that God answered their prayer. So it wasn't just one person praying. It was a whole bunch of people praying. So imagine this. If our brother was praying, for, if Daniel was praying for something... And he's going to God and he's knocking on God's door and he's believing for God to do something. Imagine if we all joined in together and begin to knock on God's door for something. What if we all joined together and begin to pray for a family member that you have here tonight? What if we all came together and begin to pray for our city and begin to pray for our people in our workplaces and begin to pray for everybody's job to get better and we begin to corporately pray together like God instructs us to do that we ought not to cease in prayer. But a lot of times we forget what God instructed us and we just go on in life and we don't live by the faith that God's given us. We just live by the sight that we have. Well, I've got these problems. God, help me with my needs. And if God don't answer, I'd go on and look for a different route. And you know what? A lot of times we don't get what we ask for because we forget the teachings that God instructs us in his word. And we go try to find another way to sort our problems. And you know what? Every single time, you know what happens? We hit a dead end road. And then we don't get what we're asking for for several reasons. Number one, we don't keep asking. Number two, we're asking for selfish reasons. God, give me a helicopter so I can just fly to work every night to sit in all that traffic on the interstate. The road construction has been going on for how long now in Bro Bridge? I mean, come on. Or God, I want this. Or I want, uh, you know, something special that I really don't need. It would just wreck my life. But the things that God wants to give us, things according to his will, things that we're praying for. How often are we praying for the souls of the people in this town? Well, we had a prayer meeting one night and we prayed then. Did I pray for them yesterday? 
Have I prayed for our government like God's word instructs us to pray for all of those in authority? Yeah, we did that about, I think about two months ago in a prayer meeting on a Thursday night. We did. We had a, a gathering at the church and we prayed for our leadership. Hallelujah. Did you pray for them yesterday? A lot of times we say, well, I don't know what to pray for. Guys, we got tons of things to pray for. And a lot of times we, we kind of don't really look at the things that we should be praying for. We, we just kind of look at the things that we want. And there's nothing wrong with needing the things that we want. There's nothing wrong with asking God for those things. But there's so much more that God wants to give to you. There's so much more that God wants to do. But we don't have it because we don't ask. Or when we ask, we're like, hey, God, can you? And then that's it. God wants us to be persistent with him. In many different areas, I want to take it further than just actually praying for something. Y'all remember blind Barnabas? I love this guy. Here's a blind man, okay? And he hears about this Jesus Christ, the son of God, who's healing people everywhere. And I caught wind, or he caught wind, I'm blind Barnabas, but I caught wind that this man Jesus is going to be coming through our city. And so... I know that he's able to heal people because I've heard testimonies of tons of people that say this man touched them and made them whole. And I've been blind all of my life and I want to see. And I can tell you what, he was out in that crowd that day and he could hear the the roar of the people as Jesus began to come into town. And this blind man who cannot see begins to scream uncontrollably, son of David, Have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, please have mercy on me. And the disciples that were there were like, come on, man. Stop all that screaming. Shh. He's not not really concerned. Son of David, have mercy on me. And the more they told him to be quiet, the more persistent this man began at his yelling. Son of David, have mercy on me. Do you realize that his persistence and his yelling openly before the crowd, it caught Jesus' attention. And Jesus went and healed that man. It was the importunity. That's the word. That's a big word, isn't it? King James. It's his persistence that caught the attention of Jesus. Are we learning something here tonight? The persistence of this man Think about Zacchaeus. Y'all know the little man that was just, everybody hated his guts. He's a tax collector, right? He's a wee little man. He was, according to the songs that we sung in VBS. So this guy was a little short guy, right? And he's in a crowd. Nobody likes him. I can, I can, he was probably as tall as this thing here, and the people are all up in his grill, and they're probably like, I hate this And this little dude, steady, trying to look through the crowd. There was something in Zacchaeus that wanted to see this man, Jesus. And as Jesus was coming through the crowd, because Jesus is God, he knew there was someone out there that was really desiring to see him. And this little man, in his persistence with God, Here's the picture. He's he's trying to look over the people, 
And they're just knocking him down. And he's probably looking over the people. And he says, you know what? I'm about to settle this up. There's a sycamore tree a little ways off. This little dude runs over there and climbs his way up into that tree. Now, these guys wore sandals back in that day. And if you ever try to climb a tree with tennis shoes on, it's not the easiest thing. Imagine trying to do it. I mean, I would assume he had sandals on. But what I'm trying to get to is he was very persistent in getting up that tree. He made his way into that tree and Jesus noticed him and went to his house and ate lunch with him and ministered to him and his entire family. What am I saying tonight? There was something about the persistence of the human that caught the attention of Jesus. Whether it was something they were praying for or they were diligently seeking not only a healing, but this man said, I want to see this man, Jesus. And when he went up the tree, Jesus noticed his persistence and went to his house. Out of all of the people he could have picked that day, he picked the wee little man that everybody hated. Are you hearing me tonight? Zacchaeus was not a righteous man. But I can tell you what, after that man Jesus visited his home, everything changed from that day forward for him and his whole house. Amen? What am I saying tonight? God is challenging you in this hour to be persistent with God. And I can tell you what, you know who's going to be persistent with God? The one who believes. It was faith that kept blind Martimaeus screaming, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm not stopping until I get what I'm looking for. And this wee little man said, I'm not going to stop until I get to see what I came here to see. And God is trying to show us, hey guys, there's some faith that you need to have in me. And faith ends in sight. Jesus is going to be the answer. He is going to be the one that is what you're going to see. He's going to be the reward that we're looking for. Amen? Don't give up. Don't give up, guys. God is challenging our faith at times. Here's another story in Second Kings. You remember Naaman, the man that had leprosy? And he went to Elijah the man of God, because he wanted a healing from God. And he knew the prophet had the power of God upon his life and he, he, he could heal him. So Elijah, when he knocked on his door, he just told him, hey, he says, I want you to go and I want you to dip in the Jordan River seven times. And the man got a little bit frustrated if you read it. He got a little aggravated. Now, I don't get why this man of God doesn't come out of the house And lay hands on me and pray for me. But he's asking me to go dip in the Jordan River. There's plenty of rivers that I could go dip in, right? And you know what? My skin is not dirty. I've got leprosy. I don't get it. But when he he stepped out in faith and did what the man of God told him to do, the prophet of God, the man was healed of the leprosy. And it wasn't two times. It wasn't three times. 
It wasn't four times. He said, I want you to dip seven times. Now, why would God speak through the prophet and tell the man to dip seven times? Could he not have just spoke the word through the prophet and he'd have been healed? Could he not have told him, hey, I want you to go put your feet in the Jordan River and everything's going to be made right? Seven dips. One, two, on up to seven. You know what God was doing? He's testing the faith of the man. Do you believe that if you dip seven times like the man of God said dip, you'll be made whole? It aggravated him at first, but when he stepped out in faith, everything changed from there. The man was healed. What is God teaching us? Being persistent. Amen? Being persistent with God all the way. This last parable, listen, I want to read to you in Luke 18. And he spake a parable. And he said to this end, that man ought to pray always and faint not. Are you hearing me tonight? I want you, saith the Lord, I want you to pray continually and I don't want you to stop. I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to bail out. I don't want you to fall out. That's what that word faint not or not to faint. Don't quit. I want you to pray and I want you to pray always and I don't want you to stop praying. And I don't want you to stop believing because this is what it says. There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. Y'all know this passage. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man. Now here's a, a corrupt man. Yet because of this widow troubleth me, she just kept on and kept on and kept on and kept on. I will avenge her. Lest by her continually coming, she weary me. Now we know that we don't weary God. This word weary means to just be continuously. Are y'all with me tonight? Because of the way that woman did that. And he said to the Lord. He gave the woman what she was asking for. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect? Guys, that's us. Which cry not once, not twice, day and night unto him. Though he bear long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, this is, this is, this is a passage that I really sit on all the time. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, shall he find faith on earth? And there's a question mark there. Now I'm talking about being persistent with God. When I return, will I find A persistence in man to believe in me. There's a question mark. Will I find this type of importunity? Can I say that? I got it. Persistence from humans to believe that I am the son of the living God who takes away the sins of the world. 
and to believe in me to the end. I'm going to trust you to the last breath. I will be persistent by the grace of almighty God to the last breath. How many of you know that when we're born again, God gives us the ability to be persistent where we could never do it on our own because we fail so miserably, right? But listen, faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God that we receive tonight. And God has now given you the grace and the ability to do the things in which he asked us to do. My sheep hear me. Are you hearing him tonight? My sheep hear me. My sheep follow me. If you're not a sheep of God tonight, you're not hearing him and you're not going to follow him and you're not going to do the things in which God chose us to do. Because faith is of God, right? God is the one that builds your faith. God is the author of your faith. God is the finisher of your faith. God is the builder of your faith. And faith comes by hearing your father speak to you. Can you hear him tonight? I want you to stand to your feet. Brother Renee, come up here, brother. I want you to stand to your feet tonight. And I want to open these altars up. We're going to pray together tonight. And we're going to worship God for just a moment. I'm going to come down to this base. What am I saying tonight to us, guys? The very solemn night. What is God saying to you tonight? Listen, I want you as a believer tonight, saith God, I want you to knock and I want you to keep on knocking. I want you to ask and I want you to keep on asking. I want you to seek me and I want you to keep on seeking me. What are you believing for from God tonight? What are in your heart and your thoughts tonight that God has been stirring you about? What friend has come into your life? You're that person. What do you need from God tonight? Do you need a healing in your body? I can tell you what I need tonight. My mother is literally battling two cancers in her body. and She needs a miracle tonight. Or otherwise it'll take her life soon. I'd like to see my mother live. My mother's a believer. She says, I'm ready to go home whenever God's ready to take me home. I'm going to stand in for my mother tonight and I'm going to be one of those with importunity, persistent to knock tonight. I have friends and family that don't know Jesus that need to be saved. I'm going to lift them up tonight and I'm going to ask that all of y'all would come and pray with me. How many of you here tonight would say, I have family members that are not saved Maybe you're angry with those family members. Maybe you're bitter. Maybe they have treated you so bad. And you know what? I'm tired of of dealing with it. But you know what? There's importunity that God has taught us tonight to be persistent with him. Do you believe that he's a rewarder of them that keep on seeking? Come on now. Do you believe tonight that he's a reward of them that keeps on knocking and keeps on knocking and keeps on knocking. Guys, do you believe that tonight? Somebody knocked really hard for me. Somebody knocked hard for you, Brandon. I promise you, bro. The door was coming off the hinges for my granny. I can see her now. Lord, please save my grandson. Lord, please save my granddaughter. 
Well, I'm a product of a woman full of importunity. Amen. You're a product of someone's importunity. My wife had a horrible, horrible problem last year. She had a a massive seizure. It, it, It literally took the life out of her for almost six minutes. And she went into the hospital and I plastered all over Facebook. God just rose up at me with an importunity like I never had before. Everything else was out of my mind. One thing was, Lord, I want you to, to heal my wife and make her right again. And I plastered all over Facebook to all of my friends and believers, all of my friends that were believers in the Lord. And I had thousands of people all over this world. And it was their importunity. God had mercy on my wife. And she's with us tonight. What is it for you tonight? Is there something in your life that you're desiring for God to do through your life that you're not seeing yet? Maybe there are things that you want to see that's not happening. Don't give up. Brother Brandon, just keep on knocking, brother. Keep on seeking. Keep on asking. Brother Alvin, keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Keep on asking. Because I can tell you what, whatever God's will is, I can promise you, it's going to be done. Our petitions are going to go before God and God will give you what is needed. I promise you. He may not give you what you want exactly the way that you want it because, hey, God knows what to give. If it wouldn't have been bread, maybe it would have been a fish that night. The man asked for bread, he got the bread. Amen. Would y'all join me in these altars for a moment? Let's begin to lift our needs up to God. Pastor Brandon, would you come down here with me? I love this man. I thank God for him. This dude used to be in my Sunday school class. He taught me more than I teach him. He's precious to me. Can I tell you, I want to thank God. Can I brag on this man for a minute in Jesus? I want to thank God. Pastors are going through a really rough time right now. I'm seeing it everywhere that I go. You're dealing with a lot right now. And I see that everywhere I go. People are struggling, guys. People are struggling really bad. I'm talking about you're you're in this room tonight. You're battling with your faith. It's like you're hanging on by a thread. I get it. I'm with you. Can I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same crowd. We feel like we're just hanging on by a thread. I don't know if I'm going to make it. The temptations are so hard. The struggles are so hard. The, the, the mind games and the battles within your mind are so difficult. I get it. I'm here with you guys. But I'm going to tell you what. I am not going to stop. I am going to believe for Jesus Christ to finish his work in us before he comes to take us home and that by the grace of God he will find faith in us when he returns amen because faith comes from him 
And I can tell you what, if he's given you life, he's giving you that faith. Amen. And I want to believe for your pastors, both Brother Daniel. Come up here, brother. And our, uh, Brother Brandon, I want to thank God for these men. Pray for your pastors all the time, guys. You would not believe the battles in the in the enemy that tries to come against our lives. There are pastor friends of mine all over the place right now that are struggling in some areas. And there's a lot of pastors that are doing good. But there's a lot of them that aren't doing. They say, what, is it 1,800 a month or 1,400 ministers a month are leaving the ministry? Is history repeating itself? I mean, Jesus gets to a place and says, hey, all of these people have walked away. They're not following me anymore. Are you going to do, are you going to leave me? And God may be coming to you. Are you going to leave me? Are you going to walk away? Are you going to stop following me? Are you going to stop? Are you going to quit now? Oh, Jesus, you're the only one that has the words of eternal life. Where, where else do we go? Brother, how about we just go back where we came from? There's, there's nothing but death. Are you going to go back where you came from? There's nothing but death there. But I can tell you by the grace of God, we can make it. But you got to be persistent. You got to keep faith to the end. I don't believe in one save, always save. But I believe God has the power to keep you through faith in Jesus Christ until the very end. There are people that do turn back. There are two people that go back to their vomit. Paul said, we're not of those who turn back to perdition. There was a confidence in Paul. He knew the one that could keep him. It was faith in Jesus Christ to the end, guys. Hold on to Christ. Son of David, have mercy on me. Just don't stop, amen? Just believe to the end. Let's begin to bring our petitions before him tonight. Oh, 